And we're joined by Governor Ned Lamont with one of his periodic stops to stop by and let us know what's going on in the state. And, of course, since the last time we talked, Governor, good morning, by the way, you've signed a budget that includes the largest tax cut in Connecticut history. Aside from that, tell me what you thought some of the key factors were that'll help out state residents with that budget. Uh, good morning, everybody. Um, I think a, a number of things. Um, we, we're beginning to get our fiscal house in order. It's our third surplus in a row. We got the uh, budget done on time. As you point out, the largest middle-class tax cut in the history of the state. But we also took care of some really important uh, initiatives. Uh, for me, the largest expansion of daycare and child care in history. That gives our kids the very best uh, start in life and allows mom and dad to get back to work. I'm doing everything I can to keep this economy growing. And that means making it easy for mom and dad to get back to work. And in this era of such heavily partisan politics, what got my attention is that it was largely a bipartisan budget. How did you do that? I'm very thankful for that. You just see all the um, hostility around the rest of the country, and uh, you're right. The mental health bill was uh, totally bipartisan. Daycare, child care, very bipartisan. Uh, I was hoping to get um, a few more Republican votes for the largest tax cut in history, but um, it's an election year. Now, kind of the elephant in the room is what's happening with the pandemic. A lot of people kind of think it's gone away. It has not gone away. In Connecticut, the positivity rate is now above 13%, and we've had a pretty good jump in that seven-day average over the last three or four days, over 300 hospitalizations and the like. What can you tell us as governor on what we should know about the, the, the bad direction this pandemic has resumed? Look, I am um, I'm cautious. But I'm not alarmist. Uh, I, I believe that um, a lot of the high infection numbers reflect the fact that those with symptoms are testing, and uh, we don't have the broad-based testing we did when more people were nervous and testing. I, I think that sort of pushes the numbers up a little bit. People maybe test at home. You don't know if they test negative, but if they test positive, they go in, they get the PCR test. So I think the numbers are a little bit accelerated. But that said, you know, if I could be outside and have lunch, that's my priority. And how has that gone, by the way? We talked about that a few weeks ago when we had you on, about the, the bill to extend the possibility for restaurants to do outside dining. I haven't seen a lot of it so far, and part of that's because it was April. Now, man, it's been cool. But now that the weather is warming up, do you think a lot of restaurants are going to resume to the outside dining option? Look, I really do. Um, we did it, you know, a couple of years ago by executive order just because it was so much safer to um, eat um, outside. The legislature um, enacted that for another year um, because it really was bringing our towns to life. People saw how much fun it was to be on the main street, Willimantic, eating outside. Um, and I think uh, what we can't do this by ourselves. It's subject to local planning and zoning. So I think over the course of the next year, um, you know, uh, Willimantic and other towns will set up their own rules, but I think it's here to stay. Governor, last week you signed the first in the nation reproductive rights legislation saying the bill recently passed by the legislature protecting and expanding access to safe abortion is now law. By signing this bill, I'm making it crystal clear that Connecticut honors the right to choose as long as I'm governor, that right will be protected. What more can you tell us about that and what, what your opinion is on that that we should know? Uh, that um, uh, despite the uh, 
presumed Supreme Court ruling, which would end uh, Roe v. Wade protections, uh, that will uh, push it back to the states. Um, this state, um, thanks to previous uh, administrations, put in place a rule that said uh, Roe v. Wade will be continued in this state despite whatever the feds do. But it's still only one law, and if you change governors, you change the legislature, um, that can change. So it's worth being cautious. But right now, um, you know, we're in good shape, and I'm not going to let anything happen that takes away a woman's right to choose. You've joined a coalition of 17 governors urging congressional leaders to take immediate action protecting reproductive rights. However, with some of the states down south, Texas, Oklahoma come to mind, what's to stop those states from prosecuting residents when they come here to get their abortion and then return to their states? Uh, not going to happen. Thanks to um, you know Representative Matt Blumenthal, we put in place uh, a law that says um, you're protected from any prosecution coming from out of state. For example, as you point out, Texas, which has um, you know they pay a bounty uh, to go after uh, women and doctors, even if they go out of state. Um, we're not going to participate. We're not going to support any of those subpoenas. You can be in this state safely. Let's turn from the news page to the sports page. You this week signed legislation making it easier for student-athletes to obtain endorsement deals, and obviously that has a major effect on the success, the recruiting ability of the University of Connecticut to attract top-quality athletes. Give me your mindset behind signing that legislation. Uh, It follows uh, the NCAA lead. Um, I think a lot of these uh, student athletes, and let's remember, they should be students first. I don't want to compromise that in any way. But uh, uh, they are out there. They have a value to what they're doing, and um, they have a chance now to, um, you know, Paige Buckets. That's her online name, so to speak. And uh, she's able to uh, use that image and uh, put some money, hopefully a way to pay for um, a mortgage on her first house. Modification requested by UConn, which argued that it would align Connecticut's policies with other states and help them recruit student athletes. Also, you've signed, or at least you plan to sign, the law dedicating $300 million toward fighting the opioid epidemic. Tell me about how serious you feel that epidemic is and where this money will go. Wayne, it's bad and it's getting worse. Uh, I was really hopeful that now we're on the backside of COVID and people are having to eat outside and our schools are open, our colleges are open. Um, the, the pressure, the stress would be relaxed and maybe you'd see that reflected in, in fewer opioid um, cases. That's not the case. All over the country, opioid deaths are up. You know, thanks to Attorney General Tong, we've got a $300 million settlement. That's over the course of a, a couple of decades. We're going to be very proactive when it comes to education. And when it comes to remediation, right in their schools, right in their hospitals, police departments, doing everything you can to keep you safe. Yeah, that comes from Connecticut's share of the $26 billion multi-state settlement. Also, childhood lead poisoning. That's been an issue for quite a while now. And what can you say about progress we're making on trying to fight childhood lead poisoning? Wayne, we're a relatively old state. We have, um, you know, most of our um, homes were built back, um, you know, when there was lead paint, lead in the pipes, and uh, there's lead poisoning, especially in a lot of our um, uh, cities. Uh, you know, this is less of a problem in newer states uh, further down south. That's why we have to deal with that. So we put in place significant resources. Uh, we start by um, remediating the pipes, getting the lead paint chips off the walls, and uh, being very aggressive and proactive there, working with our municipalities. 
Yesterday, you announced expansion of virtual mobility assistance, a pilot program to Bradley, which will extend the already existing program. Tell me what that means for the folks who have various forms of disabilities. I'm just trying to make it easier for folks with disabilities to uh, live their life, and uh, that includes uh, flights out of uh, Bradley. Bradley, by the way, has become a very busy airport. We have more um, destinations today than we had pre-pandemic. And you've announced the launch of My Home CT, a federally funded mortgage relief program for Connecticut homeowners financially impacted by the COVID-19 pandemic. How does that work? So a couple of things, Wayne. I mean, A, we have um, a pretty significant rent relief program we put in place. I could not afford to have people, um, you know, put out on the streets, uh, you know, during the worst of COVID. And now this is for mortgage relief, and it's uh, federally supported because there are a lot of folks who, um, you know, still have, um, you know, a fair amount of risk that they'll be able to keep their homes, a lot of pressure there. So go to our Department of Housing. We'll give you all the support you need right now in terms of mortgage relief. And the inflation numbers, of course, still not good. That 25-cent excise tax relief holiday, as you call it, has really made a difference. And, again, I've been to Rhode Island. I've been to Massachusetts. I've been to New York in the last couple of weeks. And it really makes a difference. They don't do that, and we do. And you can really see how much higher their gas prices are. And there is talk, isn't there, of extending that beyond the original three-month limit? No, absolutely. Um, The legislature... um uh, we're going to extend it through um, December 1st, and that means uh, the 25-cent gas tax cut. And as you point out, you know, we all worried, oh, my gosh, the middleman, they may keep it. They may not pass it along to folks at the pump. It was passed along to folks at the pump, which for which I'm very thankful. And by the way, we also extended a free bus service through uh, December as well. So doing everything I can to make life a little more affordable for people. Hey, Governor, tell me about your ride in that Toyota hydrogen-powered fuel cell vehicle yesterday. Well, first of all, Wayne, it's the first time to let me drive in um, uh, three years. And um, it's got a little bit of kick, that hydrogen-powered car. It's Toyota. We are competing um, along with our friends in Rhode Island, Massachusetts, and New York to be a hydrogen hub. That would mean chances for more recharging stations here. And I think you're seeing overseas, especially in Japan, that Hydrogen alongside electric vehicles really could be another non-carbon emitting of transportation alternative. And from your days of driving three-plus years or so ago, do you recall it feeling about the same way yesterday that it did three-plus years ago? Oh, driving? (laughs) Well, I'm just curious what handling this particular hydrogen-powered fuel cell vehicle was like. It's a turbocharged. It had a lot of zip, which um, drove my security guy crazy because I was having fun with it. Um, And it's very quiet. So it's got those two features like an electric vehicle. Unlike an electric, uh, you can uh, recharge it or refill it in about five minutes, uh, which is really good. It it still costs about $70, though, to refill for, um, you know, 400 miles. So a little less uh, range anxiety as well. We just finished up National uh, Teacher of the Week, and Tuesday night you spoke at the Teacher of the Year Gala, including Mansfield art teacher Kim King. Just give us a little bit of an overview of what you spoke about to those teachers that night. The Connecticut has the best schools in the world, and that's because we have the best teachers in the world. I want to celebrate um, our amazing teachers. Let our teachers teach. Don't hamstring them with a lot of regulations. 
And uh, I just remembered my third grade teacher as a way to tell these teachers, you have no idea what a lifelong impact you can have on a child. And uh, Poland's Lech Walesa is in the news today, but on Tuesday you got a chance to meet him at the New England Air Museum. Can you explain how that went? He's funny. He's got a really good sense of humor. And uh, he's speaking in Polish, but you can see the twinkle in his eye. And um, secondly, remember, um, one man made a difference. When he was there with Solidarity, he was there in Gdansk, he was there in the shipyards, he stood up to the Soviet Union and look what happened over the course of the next few years. He stood up before the Berlin Wall came down, and he gave us a warning again about Russia. Hey, back on April 26th, Governor, you got a day off from your job. You had Connecticut's kid governor, and he was elected, and, and he actually signed a bill? Or How did that work? Uh, we had a, a number of kids. The kid governor came in along with his cabinet, which was fun. Um, I saw him measuring the drapes. That got me a little bit nervous. But he sat down at the desk. We uh, pretended to uh, sign a bill, and I, I reminded him, you can also say, I can veto this. And he did. <laughs> Mackay, the kid governor. Well, Governor, glad you're back in the chair again. Thank you very much for joining me today. Thanks, Wayne. Enjoy. Take care, everybody. Connecticut Governor Ned Lamont on 14 WILI Willimantic and 95.3 FM.